On today's episode of the Hot Nerd Podcast, we're going to talk about the blame, shame, retrain cycle. Follow along with us on all things social media at the Hot Nerd or at Sam Goodman. Welcome to today's episode. Hello, 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 <laughs> hello. Howdy, hi, everybody. Sam Goodman, the Hot Nerd Podcast, the Hot Nerd LLC. How are things going in your neck of the woods? Really, I, I really, I reflect on that for a minute. How are things going? I hope things are going great for you. I genuinely do. I have to tell you, things are going good for me. I, it's wild. It's crazy. It's busy. It's stressful. It really is stressful. Um, I'm kind of here and there and everywhere, and this year is shaping up to be um, no different than the last. Many of you follow my adventure. Uh, as I work through this big, wild, wonky, crazy, and strange, and weird world, helping folks operationalize human and organizational performance, helping folks do things a bit differently within their organizations, that tends to take me just about everywhere. It seemed from uh, locations to industries to uh, it's it's I'm all over the map, which is awesome, which is cool, which is fun. This work is amazing and getting to spend so much time with so many of you, you folks out there doing this work, making this stuff happen internal to your organizations. I know how challenging that is. I know how hard that is. Uh, that's where I've mostly lived is inside of big corporate um, dare I say, starchy and beige <laughs> organizations. Organizations that are very traditional, very command and control, very blame, shame, and retrain, a little bit of what we're going to talk about today, uh, helping to bring about that change. I know what you're going through. I've been there. I, I know. I know. It's a struggle. But don't give up. You're making a dent. You're making a big dent. Look around this world of work that we reside within nowadays. It's changed dramatically, dramatically over the past 10, 15, 20 years. It's crazy how much it's changed for the positive. I'm not saying that's everywhere. <laughs> it's clearly not. But in the world, and let me, let me put it this way. In all likelihood, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're following along with me and you're, you're probably following along with Todd Conklin's awesome podcast, you're probably following along with so many other great podcasts, and you're out there in your organization trying to make a dent. The thing that I, where I was going with this is that you probably are making a dent. And what I'm really trying to say, I guess, is that I want you to realize how much of a dent you're making. It really Really, and back to reflecting on while I was working internal to an organization. We know, we know, we know, Sam. You've been inside the, yeah, oh, we know. I, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if this is my uh, shock, <laughs> my my trauma from living in this organization that keeps me coming back to it. Um, but where I was going with this is I don't think I recognized 
how much of an impact I was making until I, I, I wasn't, wasn't there anymore, until I got outside of that. And obviously now I help organizations as an outsider, as a consultant, as a coach, as a support something, right, as something coming in to help folks, as a resource to folks on their journey. Um, I didn't realize the progress that we were making. I, don't get me wrong. I realized we were doing good work. We were doing it for the right reason. Things were getting better. But I didn't realize how big of a dent we were making. I didn't realize how big of a dent I was making internal to those organizations that I worked for. So I want you to pause for just a second and, and really take stock of that. Like, take that in for a minute. If you want to, I want you to reach around and pat yourself on the back. I want you to give yourself a hug because if I was standing there with you, if you don't know this about me, I'm a hugger. <laughs> if I was there with you, I'm going to give you a, a, a big-ass hug because you're making a dent. This community is making a dent. It's not for nothing. It's not. We're doing good work. We're doing hard work, challenging work. And we're doing it for the right reasons. And it's making a difference. One thing that I wanted to share with you before we jump into today's episode is this. I wrote a bit of a blog, something. I called it Growing Hop. Uh, I think it's a brief guide to getting started with human and organizational performance. It's, I can't remember the name. It was, um, you know, I came up with a cool name for it and I threw it on there. I posted it over at thehopnerd.com. Do me a favor, go take a read. I've had a bunch of folks read it, a bunch of folks, I've shared it with a bunch of folks, and they've all found it pretty valuable. And if you're just starting on this journey, or if you're on this journey and you're looking for some ideas, or you want to read some stories about some of the stuff that we did, back to me working inside of big traditional organizations, internal, trying to do this stuff. If you want to go read some of those stories, if you want to read some of what we initially did, if you want to go check out a little bit of a guide, it's available over on the website. I also posted it over on the Hop Nerd LinkedIn as an article if you want to check it out there. It reads a little bit easier on the website, so I'd encourage you to do that. And if you find it valuable, print it out, share it with folks. If you find it valuable, share it on LinkedIn. If you find it super duper valuable, go find that post, like it and share it. It means a lot. I want to get that story in as many hands as we can. Because back when I know we first started on this journey, back when we just started off having these conversations, conversations that we didn't realize in the time at the in the moment were setting us up for a massive and positive change within our organization. Back when we were having these super duper secret squirrel conversations, conversations we were convinced would get us fired or labeled as uncaring or crappy at safety because they probably would have because it was a really big traditional safety organization and people up in power uh, would have not liked those conversations that, <laughs> that we were having at the moment. Um, we didn't have all of, we didn't have the gods. We didn't have the books. We, I mean, we had some books. We discovered the books, um, but we didn't have that stuff. So I'm trying to make those things as readily available as we possibly can, totally free of charge. Duh, right? Uh, go check it out. And if you find it valuable, share it. Because folks out there on this journey, we need those things. And still, as many resources as we pour out there, as many resources as others pour out there, it's still hard to find sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you just stumble across stuff. I know I do that and I go, holy crap, this article was from like five years ago. How did I not see this? This is amazing. We can kind of counter that a little bit. You know, we've mentioned that in the podcast of growing these resources, spreading the word, getting those resources in the hands of folks out there that can use them. You can be a big part of helping with that. And we greatly appreciate your support there. 
the blame shame retrain cycle. We know this. You know this. I know this because we know this and we've lived through this almost always in our very traditional organizations. We know this, right? Something bad happens. Something not great goes down, safety or otherwise. We'll just call it an unintended operational surprise. Usually something that's a bit disappointing, a bit surprising. Something happened that we really, 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 really freaking wished didn't happen. And when it does we pull out this good old-fashioned tried-and-true trifecta of corporate love, blame, shame, and retrain. Something bad happens. And whoever was involved with that something bad that happened, and I'll probably put it this way, whoever was the last person to touch it or the person that was nearest to it, you know, we'll call that involved, after that, something bad happens, they're almost immediately placed on unpaid leave. And really what we're doing is we take them and we banish them from the village to go out into the wilderness to find forgiveness, to repent, to gain forgiveness, to come back to the organization changed. Really what we do a lot of times in addition to that, we're really sending them off out away from the organization while we try to figure out what we need to do with them. And it's really not what we need to do with them. We need a few days to piece together what we're going to do to them, right? We're building a case against them. Here's where they messed up. Here's where they didn't follow the rules. Here's where they shoulda. Here's where they coulda. I definitely, me, me, because I'm way better than they are. I woulda. You know, unpaid administrative leave. <laughs> that's, that's what we do with that, right? We're sending them off away, away to repent and give us a little bit of time to build a case against them so we can likely end up here. So we can likely end up firing them, usually firing them pretty fast because most of our organizations will have limits on this, right? We'll say you're instantly placed on unpaid administrative leave for the next three days, at which time we will tell you through a very, very, very legal and start your HR letter that you're no longer employed or because of this paragraph, this subsection, 0-34-alpha-bravo-7 states that you shoulda, coulda, woulda, and you didn't, so you're fired. So that employee is basically sitting at home on unpaid administrative leave, and they get that phone call, the phone call, and we know this phone call. It's the, hey, it's been real, it's been fun, it's been real fun, but we're done phone call. The, uh, it's definitely not us, it's definitely, totally, it's totally you. My personal favorite version of that is, hey, yes, yeah, so you're fired. If you could swing by any time between 9 and 5 to the main security shack up front, there's a box, and it's got all your crap in it. If you could bring back your computer, in your badge. If you bring those things to us, we'll give you your box full of all the crap you've ever brought to work. Thanks. Have a good life. We place on unpaid administrative leave. We fire those nearest to the event, those that last had their hands on it, those that last touched it. And usually, usually we'll include those folks that are a part of that crew, folks that were standing in close proximity of that. Obviously, it's those nearest to the work, right? Those nearest to that work and varying degrees away from that work will do that blame, shame, pain thing right there. And that rock, we push that uphill. We push the rock of blame and shame up the mountain of more of the same. <laughs> this mountain built on pain and suffering. We push it up this mountain of more of the same. Um, farther up into the organization, usually those employees, their direct leaders will feel some pain. 
Uh, maybe not to the same extreme, but they'll feel some pain. Their leader's leader might feel some pain. The site safety folks might feel some pain. The site managers might feel some pain. And, and they'll usually stop somewhere at, at the site level. It, and rarely, rarely, if ever, gets to the corporate level. You know, the pew, 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 the cool guy club, the folks that are up in the tower far, far, far away from work. It never gets to that level because they totally care. They would have. They totally would have. They know that they should have, and they would have. Not You didn't know. We'll then do a stand down of some sort. And we know stand downs. I've done stand downs. You've done stand downs. We've all done stand downs. If you look under your seat right now, you have just won a brand new stand down. We do stand downs. And sometimes we do them better than than this, better than what I'm going to describe. Sometimes we do them decently well, and we do them for the right reasons. So I will say that sometimes we do them, and probably sometimes rightfully so. But typically what a stand-down means, and we know this, a stand-down means that we're going to lock everybody in a room, at least what's left of them, the people that we didn't fire. We're going to lock them in a room, and we're going to read them the procedures louder and slower, whatever it was relating to whatever happened, and say, don't do that again. This type of error, this type of event, it is to never occur again, damn it, or else. We'll then take the involved group of people and we'll put them through mandatory retraining. Like this group uh, of operators, of mechanics, of, of, of scaphologists, of whatever, whoever was involved in this particular event. We're going to take this group and we're going to put them, well, I guess, let me say this, what's left of them, the ones that we didn't fire. <laughs> we're going to put them through mandatory retraining. Taking this, we'll use operators as an example, taking a group of operators, highly seasoned, skilled, competent, and almost always caring operators with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of combined experience between them. And we're going to lock them in a room and we're going to take someone that's likely never been an operator and definitely not an operator to teach them how to be better operators. What? What? We'll write a new rule relating to the event. Whatever happened, we'll write a rule that says don't do that. We'll come up with a don't do that checklist. We'll come up with some we definitely don't want to do that observation cards. We'll come up with some don't do that posters. And we'll slap all that crap on the wall. And we'll basically patrol and police the front line you know, that much harder and really that much harsher. Now, after all that work of blame, shame, retrain, pain, suffering, you know, beating people, all that stuff, once we're done with that, what can we say that we have learned? What could we say that we have fixed? What could we say that we actually improved? What could we say that we rendered better? In essence, all that would have really been accomplished, we'd have inflicted a lot of pain, punishment, suffering upon competent and caring employees for doing something that they didn't intend to do in the first place in hopes that it would stop them from doing it again in the future. And after all that work of blame, shame, pain, after all that had been administered, after we completed all that around this particular event, how likely would it be for someone to report something like that in the future? I mean, even us truly imagining ourselves in their shoes on the receiving end of that trifecta of corporate love, how likely would it be for any of us truly imagining ourselves on the receiving end of that, how likely would it be for any of us to report an event like that? I would say pretty unlikely. For me, I will tell you, highly unlikely. Maybe uh, only if somebody saw me, but really stinking unlikely. But Sam, we have rules. We have rules that say thou shalt report or else because they did the other thing and that was an or else too. And now we've got to do or else there. And now they're not going to report. So that's definitely a double or else. And then we're going to or else them until we or else them to death. That's what we're going to do. We're going to or else them to death. And that's going to finally fix these horrible people. Come on. 
Let's start maybe right here. I'm talking about countering some of this. I think we need to start right here. If we want to encourage reporting, we have to create an environment in which reporting is not only possible, but likely. And in that particular situation, with those more traditional blame, shame, retrain, pain, you're just dumb people and we fix dumb people by beating them, uh, that approach, bad people, we need to fix these bad, that, that approach, it discourages reporting. It definitely doesn't make it possible. It definitely, definitely doesn't make it likely that people are going to tell you more. I think we have to start with this understanding around the reporting aspect of this, that all reporting is voluntary, whether you like to hear that or not, whether you have a rule that says, thou shalt report or else, or I'm going to send you to HR and they're going to put that letter in your file, and it might even include up to and termination. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's still reporting. I get to choose. You, you can't take that, that choice away from me. I know the consequences. I still have a choice. So the real question is, do you want to know more or do you want to know less? And that's a little binary. That's a little black or white. But it's really true. Do you want to know more or less? Do you want to create an environment in which reporting is possible? Or do you want to discourage people from reporting? That cycle makes it a whole lot less likely for you to hear anything. And I would say highly unlikely for you to hear about things unless people just absolutely can't hide it, have to tell you about it. So you have to create an environment in which people can report, in which people can tell you the truth. Because no matter how we slice it, reporting is voluntary. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I just needed to do a little side rant on the reporting aspect of this because um, I think it's just a really interesting place to start. But I'm going to tell you that if you have trouble with blame, shame, and retrain approaches, if you have trouble with bad thing happens, we panic, we react, we melt down, and we apply blame, shame, and retrain in hopes that we'll finally cure people of their humanity. If you have problems there, it's because – you have a problem with your underlying beliefs and assumptions within your organization. Hey, you do, right? You do. Because let, let, me, let me tee this up by saying that if we genuinely embed and we believe in those better assumptions, those better beliefs, that we'll call human and organizational performance. We'll tie that into the five principles. I'll roll up the tenets of safety differently into that. And of course, duh, I'm going to roll up the 10 ideas, our 10 ideas into this blob of what I'm going to define as human and organizational performance, these better beliefs, these better assumptions. If we truly have those embedded in our organization, for the most part, and we typically skew in that direction. We believe those things. We believe that error is normal, that blame fixes nothing, that context drives behavior, that learning is vital, that how we respond matters. If we truly believe that people are not the problem, that people are the problem solvers, that we need to ask them what they need rather than just telling them what to do and what not to do or else, I'm not going to rattle off the 10 ideas because there's 10 of them and that's a lot to to, you know, we're already at like 20 minutes here. I'm not going to throw those in on top of that. I probably could have in the amount of time that I just used to tell you that I'm not going to throw them in there, but I'm not. If we genuinely believe those things, we would start to see that blame, shame, and retrain just doesn't work that well for us. It's really that when we genuinely believe those things, when we have those better beliefs and assumptions, once we grow those in our organizations, we really start to get tired of the same old answers. It's really that we start to get tired of this blame, shame, retrain cycle. We get bored of those same old answers of try harder, be better, 
care more. Those same old answers just don't cut it for us anymore. And in fact, we know they're full of crap because we know that people try pretty damn hard. We know that people are pretty stinking great. We know that they care a ton and that telling them to care more usually only makes them care a whole bunch less and look at us like we're idiots because we kind of are. We get tired of those same old answers. They just don't cut it anymore. Those same old approaches of dealing with those air quotes, your answers, blame, shame, retrain, we start to recognize through the lens of those better beliefs and assumptions that just doesn't freaking work very well. <laughs> for, for whatever it did work for, if it ever did work, it's definitely taken us as far as it's gonna. We start to understand that those better beliefs and assumptions, they take us in a different direction. It's not a direction of blame, shame, and retrain. It takes us in a direction of being curious, of wanting to know more. It takes us in this direction of seeking to understand and developing industrial empathy and working with those that experienced an event, a pain point, a problem, or any of those things, to working with those folks to co-create what better looks like together rather than us doing crap to people. If we want to break the cycle of blame, shame, retrain, and in my personal opinion, the worst part of this is that we're just doing more of the same, more of the same old crap. If we want to break this cycle of blame, shame, retrain, and doing more of the same old crap, we have to grow better assumptions in our organizations. Because if we genuinely think that error is not normal and people just choose to make mistakes, then of course we're going to see blame, shame, and pain as a way to counter that. If we genuinely think, well, context doesn't matter. People just followed the rules, damn it. Of course, we're going to see blame, shame, and retrain as the, the key. That's, that's the simple solution to this. If we see all of those kind of more traditional beliefs as, yeah, that's the way to do it, then, of course, blame, shame, retrain. That's where that cycles come from, those more traditional underlying beliefs and assumptions. If you want a better response post-event, if you want a better response to just when the, you know, the... Maybe not so much the great and the good, but the weird, the ugly, the scary information emerges within your organization. If you just want a better response, period, focus on growing better beliefs and assumptions. That's how we can begin to outgrow, move beyond this blame, shame, retrain, more of the same cycle. The, the growth, better beliefs and assumptions within our organizations. For listening, everybody. We greatly appreciate all of your support of the Hot Nerd Podcast, the Hot Nerd LLC. If you need a little bit of help of bringing human and organizational performance to life, if you would like to take your efforts around learning and improving to the next level, yep, I can help with that. Head over to www.thehotnerd.com or send me an email, thehotnerd at gmail.com. Until next time, bye, everybody. Bye.